Friday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5, this Friday, December 9th, 3.04 p.m., here in the studio of KHMG, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, KHMG, been around over 20 years, broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week, beautiful Christian music, during this season, beautiful Christmas music, so Malikili Kemaki to you. Here from Harvest Family Radio, I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. This is episode 194. We're only six episodes away from our 200th episode. Excited to be with you this Friday afternoon. It's really the fastest two hours of my week. Each week we do this from 3 to 5 p.m. live here on 88.1 FM. Maybe you're listening on the radio dial. Glad to have you with us. Maybe you're listening on your computer, khmg.org. There are a number of different ways to listen through the internet if you don't have a radio handy. So go to khmg.org and find the various ways you can listen online that way, including you can listen to a podcast, an archived edition of this show. After it's been broadcast, we upload it as a podcast to SoundCloud and other other means of listening to it at your leisure. If you can't listen in real time, so glad to have you with us. Also, noon to 2, Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m., Sunday nights, we rebroadcast the show in its entirety. So catch us on the rebound, Saturday noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., right here on 88.1 FM KHMG. Matter of fact, you might be listening on Saturday or Sunday, and you're listening to me pre-recorded. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Glad to uh, celebrate a little bit of the uh, Christmas season with you. I love saying Merry Christmas to people out in the community. The I, I have noticed that almost everywhere you go, Almost every single person wishes you a happy holidays. Uh, it, you know, Guam is a very friendly place. And um, wishing us happy holidays is actually a very kind thing to do. But when I reply with a Merry Christmas, many people, many people, it just happened to me today, they say Merry Christmas back to me uh, when I do wish them a Merry Christmas. So the holiday that I am happy about is Christmas. Now, you know, if if I was from somewhere else and there was a holiday during this period of time, maybe I'd be happy about another holiday, but Christmas happens to be the holiday that I am most excited about right now. And so uh, when someone wishes me a happy holidays, I just wish them a Merry Christmas back. And and uh, I've never had anyone resent that. Most people actually seem relieved when you wish them a Merry Christmas here on Guam. They, they actually like it. They kind of say it like this. You know, they say, Happy Holidays. And I'll say, Merry Christmas. And they'll go, Merry Christmas to you, too. Like, uh, they've been waiting for someone to wish them a Merry Christmas. So even if that's not fact and that's just anecdotal, I will go on believing that and uh, makes me feel good about wishing people a Merry Christmas. A little public service announcement. We do have a Christmas program, an orchestra Christmas program here for Harvest Christian Academy tonight in the Harvest Auditorium, 7 p.m. It's going to be some of the most beautiful instrumental Christmas music You'll ever hear performed by students. It is a great program, and you should come tonight, 7 p.m., at the Harvest Auditorium and come a little early and find a good seat. It will be a full house tonight. Seems like Christmas draws a lot of people from the community. There's another opportunity also that I would like to mention The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe theatrical presentation of the blockbuster movie and novel by C.S. Lewis, December 9th, tonight, and tomorrow night, the 10th, from 6 to 8 p.m. 
Admission is free. At Bayview Baptist Church, it's behind uh, First Hawaiian Bank and Coast 360 and Mighty, just down Route 8 from the Mobile McDonald's intersection. You'll turn right there as you get to the First Hawaiian Bank, and the road goes right back to Bayview. You can't miss it, and it's going to be a great production. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, it is free, and it is a great opportunity for you to get out and do something fun with the family this uh, holiday weekend and uh, make some good memories that way. So that is fun. Now, I don't want to let the hour go by without at least mentioning that yesterday was the anniversary of uh the speech made by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt when he addressed Congress is called the Day of Infamy speech. Um, in it, Roosevelt asked Congress to respond to the Pearl Harbor attack by declaring war against Japan, and that was in 1941. The speech was yesterday on the 8th. The Day of Infamy itself was the 7th, which would have been Wednesday here on Guam. And Guam, of course, uh, the day after Pearl Harbor was attacked in the same fashion. And so... Um, a lot of uh, people in the States don't realize that Guam's history is linked to the Pearl Harbor attack because Guam was attacked in the same fashion just uh, a matter of hours afterwards. So didn't want to go too far without at least mentioning that. It was neat. I watched a little, maybe some of you saw it on social media, the oldest living Pearl Harbor survivor that they're aware of is 104 years old, and he goes back to uh, Hawaii every year to uh, honor the memory of his fallen comrades, but he was a sailor during World War II. Now he's 104 years old, and uh, kind of a neat, neat story there. But anyway, the month of December, of course, December is the month of Christmas, but there are a number of other things that happen in the month of December as well, including Worldwide Food Safety Month, Write a Friend Month, and Youngsters on the Air Month. You know, last week we had a youngster on the air with us. Uh, no, not Sebastian. He is a youngster, but he's not as young as the uh, youngster we had last week. We had Devin Taylor with us last week. Uh, remember the uh, child that said he was the king of the cannibals right in the middle of the show? Yes, Devin Taylor was with us last week. And uh, Youngsters on the Air Month, we celebrate that. Here are a few things that are happening, different special days this month, other than the most obvious. Did you know today is Cremation Day? I don't know how you actually celebrate that. Um, you could only celebrate that one time yourself personally. Uh, you also have today Anti International Anti-Corruption Day, Official Lost and Found Day, and National Pastry Day. Now that's, I guess if you burn the pastries, you could be celebrating Cremation Day. Uh, tomorrow, the 10th, Day of the Horse, the Dewey Decimal System Day. I should ask uh, Librarian Bob Shuck about that. He's the one who provides this list to me. Dewey Decimal System Days tomorrow, Gingerbread Decorating Day, uh, Shareware Day, Jane Addams Day, National Reese Across America Day, and Nobel Prize Day. The 11th, Sunday, International Mountain Day and World Corral Day. Not corral like where you put your horses, but corral like singing groups. Monday, the 12th, Gingerbread House Day, National 12-Hour Fresh Breath Day. Hey, everyone should, should support that day. National Cocoa Day, maybe you need to have fresh breath after the cocoa. Poinsettia Day, uh, the 13th, Ice Cream Day, St. Lucia Day, and National Violin Day. The 14th, Monkey Day, Yoga Day, and National Bouillabaisse Day. That's a hard one to uh, read at first, but it's fun to say, Bouillabaisse. The 15th, Bill of Rights Day, Cat Herders Day, 
I think that's uh, another term for people that work in preschools. Um, Free Shipping Day and National Cupcake Day all coming up next week on the 15th. So it's it's a busy month. December is a busy month. It's busy around here at Harvest for sure because there's so many things happening. We had our big Festival of Lights last weekend, and um, that was fun. We think we had almost 2,000 people in attendance, which is pretty amazing. Almost doubled our previous year's attendance. We've never had anything quite like that. And um, I think it was a combination of having food trucks and the lights and the Christmas program and the Jamboree for Kids. It was just a combination of all those things brought out so many people from our community. Thank you for participating. Every night between now and New Year's, the Christmas lights will be on here on campus. And so you can come out between 6 and 10 p.m. Monday through Sunday every single night and see the Christmas lights, get out of your car, walk around, take family pictures, bring the kids and the the little uh, tricycles and the the pull-behind wagon and things like that and just come and enjoy the Christmas lights. We have music playing outside every few minutes. Uh, Some music comes on, and the lights are synchronized to blink with the music, and so uh, that's a fun thing for people to do. And so now for one of my favorite parts of the program before we go to a break. Yes, you recognize the song. It is The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks. And walls of many successful Americans, whether they're politicians, theologians, presidents, barons of industry, scholars, writers. Many people have little desk plaques, little little mottos that they have on the wall or on their desk. This one was on someone's desk. He joined the Arkansas Best Corporation, Diversified Transportation Holding Company, headquartered in Fort Smith, Arkansas. As the supervisor of terminal operations. Then he held positions as president of Datatronics. Uh, he became uh, a number, of, he had a number of different high level positions in different companies in America. Currently serves in leadership role at the American Trucking Association and the Arkansas Trucking Association, as well as serving on the board of directors in Little Rock, Arkansas branch of the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. That's a big deal. And this guy, Robert A. Young III, what did he have on the what does he have on the plaque on his desk? This is a good one. No surprises. No surprises. That's what he has on his desk. Apparently, he doesn't want any surprises. And I don't blame him. The buck stops here. I love learning what makes different people tick, what, what's important to them, what has helped them achieve the, the place that they have in society and uh, what kind of drives them, what's their pet peeves, what, what have they learned along the way. And so uh, very interesting. So Robert Young, no surprises. I might get a little plaque like that, put that in my office. The only thing is uh, if it weren't for surprises, I'd have nothing to do. So that's kind of the nature of my job. Hey, it's uh, 3.15 p.m. here at KHMG Harvest Family Radio, the source of the best Christmas music on Guam. All the way through New Year's, Christmas music here on KHMG Harvest Family Radio. We're listening to a little bit of that right now as we take a short break and come back with this day in history, some stranger than fiction, what's in my coffee, what's in my candle, the news, and our topic of the day, Christmas, Christmas's biggest Christmas is biggest. That's really hard to say, but it's fun to talk about here on KHMG. We'll be right back after this.
Half a day and welcome back to Live Till 5. It's 3.21 p.m. on Friday, December 9th here at KHMG. Your headquarters for beautiful Christmas music the whole season all the way till New Year's. You know, it's 85 degrees outside with some slight gusts of wind up to 12 miles an hour from the northeast. Humidity is at about 58%. That's just enough to take the wrinkles out of your clothes. But to put extra bounce in your perm, barometric pressure 29.71, holding steady. Seems like that's the barometric pressure every single week, unless unless there's a storm rolling in. So uh, a little bit of carol of the bells there, which uh, Lawrence Nangas informed me tonight at the Harvest Christian Academy Orchestra concert, Christmas concert, they will be actually performing the carol of the bells with the orchestra and with actual bells. So a carol of the bells, I mean, I didn't even know they had bells in the carol of the bells. I mean, I guess I did, but you hear so many renditions of it that don't have bells. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it sounds like it's supposed to be bells, but yeah, rarely but do you uh, actually hear it with bells. A staff a staff ensemble of bell and actual hand chime players really? on the lower end. But there'll be a, a, definitely a care of bells. About hand chimes, like a little them. triangle? No, hand chimes are actually, they're square. All the way up, and they have a much more mellow and and, and just more wholesome sound than the, the more the chimey, tingy sound ah. of a bell. Uh, the bell is, I guess, if you ring it hard enough, can be almost harsh, if you will. Yes. Where the chime, even a hard, you know, ring mm-hmm. of that, is actually still really pr- pleasant. Really. So we have those are kind of playing the lower part with the more uh, the harmony, and then uh, actually uh, Miss Alyssa Alyssa Levy and Mr. Garrett Fanari are are playing the. Um, um, melody of really? the Carol the Bells uh, with the hand How bells. do you know all this? Because I was uh, at the dress rehearsal oh. because because um, I'm singing not oh, the nice. Carol the Bells, but a different song. So we were all there for one big happy practice nice. on Tuesday. So nice. I got to watch it. It actually sounds very It must good. have made an impression. It did. It sounds really good. It's it's unique because you have the orchestra, which is unique, but then you add bells into that. And it's just kind of nostalgic, you know, mm-hmm. Christmas. Mm-hmm. No snow. You're not going to come out yep. and have that. But... We're going to do the best we can to make it uh, be Christmas spirit in there. Sure. I know Miss Schlarb has put a lot of work in with the kids, so it'll be a great night. Cool. Great, great. I'm looking forward to it. 7 p.m. tonight at the Harvest Auditorium. Doesn't cost a penny, but uh, you do want to get here before 7 so you can get a good seat. And try not to sit behind middle schoolers, if at all possible, so you can pay close attention to the program itself. So I'm sure they'll all be on their best behavior, but, you know, they are kids. Sebastian? Yes. I noticed that you have downed uh, 50% of your uh, Hebrews drink. And I felt it in my head. Yes, yeah. I, you were hol- grasping your temples like uh, <laughs> like this. there was an explosion going on inside there. So yes. um, that's, um, that's you just had an epiphany. It's a, kind of an artificially induced epiphany. So. never do that again. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, you know, it just reminds you that, you know, this time last year, you were in an environment where everything was that temperature. Yeah. In Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the it's tap terrible. water, when you brush your teeth, if you had any fillings, it would just, like, hurt. Yeah. Now the tap water here is, you know, warm, actually. So, All right. Well, this day in history, it is December 9th. I wonder what happened on December 9th in history. Did much happen there, Lawrence? Uh, some things. Uh, some things happened today. So we're going to begin right away in already 1793. I don't have a ton of ancient history. I guess if I were to share one, you have... Um, 536 A.D., uh, Byzantine general Belisarius, Belisarius 
uh, enters Rome while the Ostrogothic garrison peacefully leaves the city, returning the old capital to its empire. In other words, um, the Byzantines became the Eastern Roman Empire and the Western part of the Roman Empire sort of fell for a good hundred, uh, maybe not even a hundred, maybe more like 80, 70 years um, to Vandals, Visigoths, Ostrogoths, the Huns were part of the northern part, um, different um, barbaric groups. And so for the first time in a while, uh, what they what they meant there at the end, returning the old capital to its empire, is actual people of Roman Empire, Byzantine descent, coming back and, and, and taking over Rome again. Hmm. Uh, even though what was the glory of Rome will never return right. uh, like it was at the turn of B.C. to A.D. and even the hundreds of years after that. Moving on, 1793, Noah Webster establishes New York's first daily newspaper. I'm not sure. I probably should do more research on what this name means, but it's the American Minerva. Minerva. The Minerva American was, Minerva. Minerva, if I'm not mistaken, was, um, I think Minerva, I, I could be wrong, and out of our millions of listeners, someone might want to uh, send me a text or put a message on Facebook about this. I believe Minerva was the sister of King Arthur in the Knights of the Round Table lore, I believe, or maybe his hmm. mother. I, Minerva, I think. It is, is, she's it a is character from, from historical... She's not a positive character. No, no, no. no. I um, thought she was like a witch or something. Yes, yes. Now that you said that... Or she might be the siren in the... She might be the head of the 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 main siren in the Odyssey or the Iliad. It could be Minerva. And, and while you're talking about yes. sirens, maybe an explanation of what that is—a flying. Uh, don't they That's a harpy. Wings? Yeah, harpy, but a siren like a more of a, a mermaid that would uh, sing a song that would that would entice the sailors, there you go. and then they would drown them. Yes, like in um, yes. Uh, rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So we wait. We're, we've, right. we, we've I can. I have progressed Google. over have many Google. a land here, um, but I'll let you come back to that in a minute. 1854. Alfred Tennyson's poem "Charge of the Light Brigade" was published. The goddess um, of wisdom, by the way. Minerva. There you go. Minerva. Greek counterpart to Athena. Oh, so, so it's I, like so it's Etruscan Minerva. Greek would be Athena. Same character. Ah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Thank you. All that to say, the guy named his newspaper. Yeah, and that was Noah Webster. The American Minerva. Um, But the Charge of the Light Brigade is actually a rather sad poem. Um, It sort of embodies the feeling of the English people as to the effort given by the Light Brigade there in the um, Crimean War and uh, and how this charge that was given... um, Sorry, Chris. That was me snapping. Uh, it was it was a light bulb that flicked down when I remembered Crimean War. Um, <laughs> sorry, he's like, what's that white noise? Um, but anyways, that effort they gave there was almost for naught. It was valiant. It was heroic. But the result of it, uh, it would have been better off had they not done it uh, because of the loss of life. And basically, it's Alfred Lauren Tennyson's uh, description of that day. Hmm. Um, pretty fateful in the mind of the English people because of its results. Um, the the cardigan sweater, Lord Cardigan. That's right. Um, yes, so you have that. Uh, it's the first war to be photographed. It's the first war to have field hospitals. Um, it's, it's beards became a thing. 
in that war. Uh, up until that point, clean-shaven was sort of the, uh, the status quo, but you'll see very quickly, especially in the American Civil War, all men of power of leadership had a beard. Uh, I mean, you had a man named Ambrose Burnside, where we get the idea of, of sideburns yep. known for his own facial hair, known for his own um, the side of his face, the mutton chops, if you will. Um, but that's all. The Crimean War was actually pretty power, um, uh, famous for a lot of things, this poem coming from there uh, being one of them. Uh, 1941, Hitler orders U.S. Chip, chips, <laughs> ships are to be torpedoed. And if we obviously look retrospectively, on the day, today's the 9th, two days ago, uh, you have the the 7th of December, which is the uh, infamous, or the day that will live in infamy, according to Roosevelt. And, um, and basically, uh, two days later, obviously, Hitler knows where things are headed. Though Germany didn't attack or wasn't part of this attack, uh, they obviously knew they were in the boat with Japan way closer than they were in any sort of boat with America or Britain, uh, for obvious reasons. So... Moving on, um, 1967, just because I don't, uh, Kosakir, Nikolai Kosakir <laughs> becomes president of Romania, just in case you, you were curious as to who was president at the time here in uh, 1960. I've always wondered. I knew. I knew you woke up this morning. 1967, Nicholas Kosakir. Uh, that's probably not how you say his last name, but we're going to go with it. 1975, U.S. President Gerald Ford signs $2.3 billion loan, uh, loan authorization for New York City. Uh, that's a chunk of change now, much less in nineteen or much more in the nineteen seventies. Uh, nineteen eighty-five, Jerry Rice begins NFL streak of a hundred plus consecutive games with a reception. Uh, that's pretty good because after the first few and after his, uh, you know, rise to fame and and stardom in the NFL, people know this guy's going to bring it. Let's right, shut you'd him down. think the defense would be able to just shut him down. But there you have a hundred game, a hundred plus games with a catch. And again, it, it's pretty pretty difficult to hold somebody without a catch but that's a lot of games that means right. he wasn't injured right that means he didn't sit out a game it's got to be about what seven or eight seasons straight pretty much because you only play about season, yeah. even if you play all the games and go to the super bowl you're only looking at about 20 games yeah um and so that's still at least five or six seasons yeah. of non-stop playing for one but also out there catching at least one ball wow uh which is pretty good speaking of um Streaks. We have 1987. Larry Bird ends the streak of 59 consecutive free throws. Uh, that's actually a lot of free throws in a row. You know, you shoot them two at a time, um, and missing one happens to the best free throw shooter. They'll miss every now and then, but um, that's pretty good. 2008. The governor of Illinois, Rod. Have you heard of this, Rod Blagojevich? Blagojevich. Thank you. Blagojevich. He was my the governor. Yeah. I was about to say he's my <laughs> uncle. I was like, oh, okay. Blagojevich. What? Went to jail or something, right? Yeah, he's arrested by federal officials for a number of alleged crimes, including attempting to sell the United States Senate seat. Yes. Being vacated by President-elect Barack Obama. Yes. Uh, in his election to the presidency. Yep. They actually have the audio. I remember watching. They actually recorded him. There was no... He tried to say that it wasn't him or whatever, but, I mean, they actually have... Him saying it's almost it. like a Watergate thing, where it's yeah, just yeah, minutes of tape, just and so blatant, so yeah. blatant. And that's not the first governor of Illinois to go to jail, like right. With, yeah, it, it was all within a certain amount of time, like yeah, one after the other going to jail. <laughs> yeah, politicians um, have a way, have a way of things sometimes. A lot of good ones, but every now and then, 
2012, Juan Manuel Marquez knocks out Manny Pacquiao in round six for the welter. I think it's welter. Welterweight? Uh, yeah, I think that's what he is. Yeah, he's welterweight um, WBO title. Uh, that was back in 2012. He has obviously since fought. He boxed uh, a little about a year and a half ago now, uh, Mayweather. And then uh, he just fought, I think a month ago, uh, there was a big fight um, that he he won, I think. I thought he won by decision, right? Yeah. Most of his have been, to, even the Mayweather fight was decision. Right. Um, so that's pretty cool. Mike Ditka's jersey was retired today, number 89 by the Chicago Bears. And lastly, 2015 German Chancellor Angela Merkel named the magazine Time Magazine's Person of the Year for her handling of debt and refugee crisis. 2016's Time Person of the Year is Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yep. So, Interesting. Yeah, it's a little few facts today, a little discussion, discussionary topics. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. I love <laughs> talking about what happened this day in history. It kind of brings back, like when you said Rod Blagojevich, I was like, ah, I remember this story. Yeah. And uh, stuff that kind of uh, gets covered over by the dust of time. But uh, Lawrence has a great way of sweeping off that dust and making it relevant <laughs> again and valid. And um, we're going to take a short break as we listen to this smooth Christmas song and we all get our drinks from the hub and we also get ready for what's in my candle so you listeners stick around I'm Jared Baldwin host of Live Till 5 3.35pm on Friday December 9th here at KHMG we'll take a short break and come back after this with some live till five i never noticed that's like a clarinet solo right there that uh until chris was airplaying his clarinet i did not realize that that was actually a he was it was flawless cla- clarinet piece it was a flawless clarinet didn't even, you were on point didn't miss a note yeah. not a squeak in the bunch no uh your right pinky was a little low for that e sharp but it's okay <laughs> e sharp okay. is an f but okay is it yeah it is. okay <laughs> You passed the test, uh, Lawrence. Very oh, I good. did. I nice. did. Very okay. Good. Nice recovery. Awesome. Oh, all right. Good. Awesome. Well, uh, since we're all here, yeah. and it is Christmas time, I'm not going to play the traditional, you know, I'm kind of a rule breaker. I'm kind of an outside-the-box kind of guy. So I'm just going to let Slay Ride play while I mention yeah. that this segment's brought to us by Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, Books, gifts, and including the largest selection of Yankee candles. And all of the North Pole. I like it a lot. I go there every day. Not the North Pole, but Hebrews. Now let's play What's in My Coffee. Each of us have been presented with a wonderful gift from our friends down at Hebrews. The baristas crafted these drinks for us. Each one of us. Two of us have cold drinks. Two of us have hot drinks. They also brought up some candles. So what I want to do is uh, first... Use our best superlatives to describe the drinks we have in front of us and figure out what those are. And then I'd like to also figure out what these candles are. Because I know they are selling a lot of Yankee candles down there. And they wanted us to give a little shameless self-promoting plug uh, for our candle sales down there. Which we're more than happy to oblige. So, 
Uh, I know that I'm drinking a creamy white substance. Uh, it's cold, blended, has a little nutmeg on top. A substance. It's a <laughs> substance. Good. Yeah. It's That's ubiquitous. Good. It's uh, <laughs> it's a ubiquitous substance. <laughs> what does ubiquitous mean again? It's I got a vanilla <laughs> flavor to it. Undefined. But it also has a nog, a nog flavor oh. with maybe a little egg. So it might be an eggnog shake. Shake. <laughs> probably. It has that eggnoggy smell, mm-hmm. which yeah. smells like uh, kind of like vanilla ice cream, but better. Mm. Oh, so refreshing. Yeah, that tastes like about 5,000 calories right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> it's I right mean, up there. If you were uh, suffering from a condition, which I'm not, where you just could not put weight on and you just had to gain weight where you weren't going to make it, you should drink one of these every day. And you would put on weight. In no time. Or you weren't going to make it. Yeah, you weren't going to make it. I'm trying to say it in a nice way. (laughs) Just in case there's someone out there that's suffering from such a condition. First off, I don't know if you can take my advice as like a doctor's recommendation necessarily. I mean. Hey, if you're not going to make it. I do have a radio show that makes me an expert. Hebrews has the substance Hey, well, you you better hurry up and get in here then. (laughs) Get two. You got 18 minutes. Buy a candle also. If you're not going to make it. Oh, that's so sad. Anyway, um, so yeah, it tastes like an eggnog shake or eggnog smoothie. We'll find out here shortly. Uh, Chris, you have a hot drink? This hot drink is smooth, but it has a tangy zip and an apple Is it a barbecue sauce? It's a barbecue oh, okay. Smooth with a tangy Mesquique? zip. Miracle Whip? Yeah. Isn't that Miracle Whip no. has a tangy zip? I don't know. That's manic. Just came to mind. I don't. I'm not good with superlatives. I so just started smelling. I, 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 I have a candle one. in my hand and I accidentally started smelling the microphone and talking <laughs> into the candle. I'm not joking. It's been a long day. <laughs> How's it going over here? Uh, okay. Anyway, go ahead. So I think I think it's apple cider. Okay. I think it is apple like a hot cider. apple cider. A hot apple cider. Nice. Yes, it's hot. That sounds seasonally refreshing. Especially if you've just been outside raking leaves all day and you got the brisk, oh yeah, cold that's, air. And that's exactly what I've been doing. Outside raking leaves all day. Sebastian, what do you have? Okay, here we go. I've got this chocolate-looking thing that is it's a frozen a ch- substance. A chocolate-looking thing? Subs- is it? Yes, okay. And it's got it's accented by these what? bright red... Accent, I like that word. Yeah, I'm trying to... chocolate is he right. eating these days? So, it, I'm going, all right? And it's, it's, it's ad- accented by these bright red candies that are actually peppermints. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's liquid Christmas, you know. Liquid Christmas. Too much at once, though. Just like, just like Christmas is. That's how you got the brain headache. freeze. Yeah. Yeah. How Christmas can be a headache. And I was this dying is over here. this is like a metaphor for your whole life. Exactly. I'm trying. Yep. Yeah. So you know, don't waste it. Is basically the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. Just um, enjoy it while you are young. I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. I think it's a peppermint mocha frap. Okay. All Boom. right. All right. Okay. Called. Don't phone a friend. Just stick with your final answer now. Lawrence, you have a hot drink as well. Mine tastes like a warm afternoon by the fire after a full morning of sledding. Oh, yes. You, you're picturing that in the States. You just mm-hmm. sled. You, you, your a, nose a lot is of cold. People who aren't picturing that. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I've limited my audience connection big time. But, um, but it's, 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 it's cocoa, and uh, it's the peppermint cocoa that's on the, the deal of the, or the drink of the month. Mm-hmm. 
So it's very chocolatey, more chocolatey than a mocha because there's no coffee in it. Is it kind of a hot version of what uh, Sebastian? I think it possibly? might be. I think it's it's a peppermint mocha is what the name okay. of it is. Okay. And um, you're confident about that? I, I'm pretty confident. You haven't read the paper yet. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I only had to take one drink, and I knew it was. It's a little bit of peppermint, a lot of chocolate. Gotta Remember the time mocha. that Chris got the yeah I know chocolate it's mixed not up? a mango smoothie <laughs> for a mango smoothie. I, yes. I didn't. Oh man. I remember, seem to remember that happening. I don't no. know. I, I don't, I've never. I could have never predicted a mango smoothie. I know that that I could have been drinking a mango smoothie and not known. Maybe you a thought smoothie. a mango smoothie was a hot chocolate. Maybe that's what it was. No. Oh no. It just seems no, like we no, had a situation a where this. No. Remember, we have evidence of this. There's recordings of all these. Of all these. Oh shows. yeah. We could go back. Oops. We could go back. This is like a Scrabble where you can actually look at the dictionary online. Yeah. It totally ruined my Scrabble. way I play. Yeah, I so. have gotten them That's wrong before, but I'm pretty yes. sure I didn't say mango smoothie. Okay. Pretty, all right. pretty sure. Okay. All right. All right. But Lawrence is sure about his. Oh, so yeah. now Most I'd like to, uh, uh, before we read and, and uh, divulge what these are, I'd like to pass the candles around. Lawrence, um, just give one or two descriptive words of each candle. We have a little candle and a big candle, and uh, we want to we want to let you know what we're smelling here, and then we'll reveal what these candles are here. So, Lawrence, what does that little white candle smell like to you? It's got some uh, some sweetness to it. It's white uh, in color. Both these candles actually have a rather sweet smelling uh, um, scent to them. Mm-hmm. Um, this even this peach one. Um, I think one is like sugar cookie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I think another one is like um, you know warm warm uh, woolen blankets. Okay, or, or okay. cotton blankets. Okay, all right. Um, if I were to guess, so is it wool or cotton? I mean, that could well, be quite a difference. One, yeah, the temperature it depends on the temperature. Okay, all right. You don't want the wool if it's just kind of a, right. a fall day. Yes, you're looking to save that for December. All right. Now, uh, Sebastian looks like he went to a happy place when he smelled that that candle. <laughs> He's he got like this faraway look <laughs> in his grandma's eye. kitchen for a minute. <laughs> yep. So, uh, what did the first candle smell like to you, there, Sebastian? Smelled like okay. It's strange, but I don't really know how to explain it. But I think it's like lavender beach kind of feel. A lavender that's beach. What, that's what I feel. Okay, all right. Yeah. And then what about uh, this one here? This is uh, amazing. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's like caramel. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, caramel. Yeah, I'm going with caramel. Yep. A sweet caramel. Sweet caramel. Okay. <laughs> Chris, what does this small candle smell like to you? Um, it smells, it's clean. It has a clean smell mm. to it. Yes. Yeah, that's why I went with the, the <laughs> when, when he said clean. beach, that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about mm-hmm. lavender, but it, yeah, it, the beach purple. part kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind of made sense yeah. to me. So I don't. Yeah. I, it's kind, kind of a clean, yeah, clean kind smelling. of a clean and beach was, fresh. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't smell like the actual beach, right? Yes, know, but it's smell, low tide. Know, <laughs> yes, but the you know <laughs> yeah, like but low it, tide. But yeah, low tide. <laughs> so I should try the second one. What does the big one smell like? Yeah, this one's a little tougher, um, but it could be. He just smelled the mic too. It, it, <laughs> no, it, it could happens. be. It could be sort of. There could be some vanilla type. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of, okay. Of a, uh, of a scent to that. All right. Okay. I'm gonna smell the small candle first, which is a white small jar size candle. They're only eight bucks at Hebrews. These are a nice little gift to give, like a school teacher or a friend, someone that you don't know what else to get them. Get them one of these. Get them two of these. Mm-hmm. Throw it at him. Mm. I can see why you say it smells clean. <laughs> yeah. It just has a, a fresh, 
but it is a um it's not a summery scent it's definitely more of a wintry scent right that's why i went with green blankets oh. <laughs> wow He's defending. I would his, call this the. Uh, I just smell. I feel like his, his I actually named a candle. With mine. I would call defended. this the. Mm, this is the uh, Grinch who stole candle, and then this one here. Ooh, that definitely is sweeter. Yeah, it is sweeter. <laughs> like a Christmas cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. With a little buttercream icing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Buttercream. No, no. Wow. Make that red sprinkles. That was the that was the flavor <laughs> of frosting on our wedding uh, cake was buttercream. Buttercream. This mm-hmm. this has a buttercreamy smell. So let's, he, used to, let's, he used to be a fighter. He might have fought Pacquiao too. Yeah, buttercream, buttercream. Yeah. That was butterball. That was, that was butter butterball. Bean. Butterbean. Butterball's <laughs> the turkey. Butterball. Butterbean. Yeah. He outweighed Pacquiao. Butterbean. Yeah. Uh, he outweighed Pacquiao by uh, yeah. like 160. Yeah. Pounds. Butterbean actually anyway. ate a submarine sandwich before the fight that was the size of Pacquiao. Um, okay. <laughs> so who had drink number one? That's Lawrence. You had the candy cane cocoa. Yeah, the candy cane. I said peppermint. Peppermint is a candy yeah. cane, basically, yeah, in sorry. a certain shape. Okay. Number two is myself. It's an eggnog. It just says eggnog, but I know it's an eggnog shake, which is a <laughs> seasonal drink as well. Number three, uh, peppermint mocha. Ooh. So you have the peppermint mocha. And number four, you have apple cider, hot apple cider. Did it have right. a little whipped cream on it? It did. Yeah. It's creamy. Okay, yeah. And then the candle... Uh, number one candle, the big one is called All Is Bright. All Is Bright. And it has yeah, a uh, a Christmassy scene That's on fair. it. Yeah. It's and got it, cookies on it, though. Yeah. It's got, and not just any cookies. These are those, uh, it either looks like Divinity or that peppermint bark type yeah, of candy. Yeah, that's bark. Candy. It's peppermint bark. That's what it is. Peppermint bark. And then and that's called All Is Bright, and that's available down at the hub. And this is one of the large jar candles, 24 bucks. A good investment. It'll keep your house uh, smelling like um, peppermint bark for a long time. And then uh, this all is, let's see. No, that was peppermint. Hold on. That was oh. peppermint bark because it says it right on oh. the label here. Why am I looking at the paper? It actually has it right on the label. All <laughs> is bright. That's the small, fresh, yeah, wintry, just a fresh, clean. Bright. Mm, I like that. I might get that one yeah. right there. Yeah, I, do, I like it too. Okay. Speaking of other things that are on sale down at the uh, Hub, we just brought out two new T-shirts in the last week. Um, oh, yeah. Tell are, us about those. Guys are in the playoffs. And um, and it's great T-shirts to wear uh, as a fan. Uh, it's a great T-shirt for the kids to wear, uh, support their school, have a little school spirit. But those are on sale for um, the adult sizes are $18 a piece, and the uh, children's size, there's actually only one shirt down there uh, that's the child's or youth sizes, and they're on sale for 15 Those are the yellow um, ones. The yellow ones, yes. And then there's this um, blue, uh, grayish blue T-shirt, mm-hmm. and then there's actually just a gray shirt, and they've got our new eagle on them. Uh, but The those new are, eagle is really cool. It's yeah. it's um, it's a neat-looking graphic, very distinctive. Uh, it's custom-made by our graphics department. Was? It's not just uh, something that we downloaded from another site. These are our own unique um, uh, designs and uh, the new school spirit shirt, which you can not only wear to games and out in public and anytime you're doing an interview in the newspaper or something like that, but also (laughs) uh, when we have Eagle Shirt Day for school, these will be the new Eagle shirts that you can wear for school spirit as well. They make great gifts. Um, They make uh, excellent pillow shams. Um, You can make a quilt. You can buy 10 of them and make a quilt out of them. Yeah, pillow sham. You've never made a pillow sham out of a t-shirt? No. Oh, well. I, I usually wear my You need t-shirts. to go down. Yeah, They're open them. for eight more minutes. You need to go buy a couple and then work on that this I'm weekend. not going to. I'd wear that around. I'm not going to put it on my oh, pillow. Oh, you wear it for a while, and then you put it on your pillow. And then when the armpits oh, are just. Yeah, then you cut their, the arms off and you turn into a pillow anymore. sham. Yeah, you just 
Yeah. Sew it up, okay. put it on a pillow. And then you, uh, then you dream like, about being in a harvest eagle every night. Cut the arms off? It's kind of like a redneck pillow sham. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's... <laughs> what is going on there? So you don't have to do pillow shams. You could just wear it, I yeah. guess, if you're a traditionalist. The most acceptable use oh, of Oh, that's shirt. a traditionalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, if you're one of those kind of <laughs> yeah, people. Oh, you're a traditionalist. Hip, hipsters it for what it was hipsters for. might wear it. They might not. Yeah. You know. Who knows? But yeah, back to the whole uh, premise was that there are these really cool new shirts, and there's a display of them in the bookstore. First come, first served. We have a, a lot in stock, but uh, we know that we will sell out, and we'll have to get some more. So if you want to get a cool new shirt for Christmas, you want to buy it for a friend or family member, go buy The Hub. It's open for seven more minutes. You can get one of the mini drinks we just uh, featured, a peppermint mocha, a hot cocoa peppermint uh, eggnog uh apple cider they've got all those and more down there at hebrews they're open 7 30 a.m to 4 p.m monday through friday and then after church services here at harvest and uh, it's a great little place to stop they have free wi-fi they got some great christmas gifts as well if you've been saying hmm you know what i need i need a giant plate that has a christmas theme and a partial bible verse on it that's what i need well you know what they're selling those down there right now perfect or maybe you need a candle like an all is bright candle or a peppermint bark uh candle perfect there's perfect. some cool little um cards there too that i like that are yes the art of um mrs wendell yes that's right Catherine, yes, wendell. Catherine wendell um and yep. i do have to put in a plug for her artwork because it is yeah. really neat that uh we don't sell all of her stuff at yeah. our bookstore there is another christian bookstore who we talk about all the time faith bookstore they're actually selling ornaments with her artwork which is oh, really wow. neat as well little wooden ornaments cool. they have a uh, guam uh tropical or ocean type themes just like yeah. her cards and uh, i picked up a couple of those at faith bookstore the other day it was really great it's it's they're great if you have somebody that doesn't live on this island or never right. has been here and they, they you want to give them a little taste of where right. you live it's it's cool for that right like if yeah. you live in Peoria and you're mailing something to your brother-in-law in Sheboygan, it might not go as far. It's like one of those people that wears, you know, their their um, Sheboygan. Sheboygan. That you know that reminds me of Home Alone. Those <laughs> exactly. guys are from. They're headed exactly. to Sheboygan. Yeah, they're the Sheboygan <laughs> shakers. Sheboygan the, polka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, the, polka, 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 polka. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Sheboygan polka. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the Kenosha Kickers. Kenosha. They're the Kenosha Kickers. That's the name of the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the Kenosha that, Kickers. That rider moving truck. Yeah, yeah. They ride in the oh, back of the moving truck. Anyway, yes, Sheboygan. So, but yeah, so. We had a guy in our, our church in Dublin, New Hampshire, who he wore his, they called it his uh, uh, Luau shirt or his Magnum P.I. shirt or his, uh, um, his, like, his Hawaiian shirt, basically. Yeah. He'd wear it all the time yeah. at inappropriate times, like when it's freezing cold outside and it was kind of a loud, obnoxious shirt. But, you know, if you wear it here, everyone's like, oh, that's a nice, nice island shirt. You're wearing another church, huh? Same thing with cards, like with island themes and stuff. If you're coming from here, you're sending it from here, that's one thing. Yeah. If you're in a obscure rural place sending it to another obscure rural place, it might not mean as much. P- people don't get it if they don't live here and they, exactly. don't, they don't understand. Right. Like my mom still asks me, um, is it still hot there? <laughs> yeah, and I keep saying right. all year round. Um, you know, it's the same yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, yep. Yeah, she doesn't quite. Yeah, people don't understand what it. two lovers yeah. point is. You know, to us, that's yeah. a big deal. To people that are just looking at a card with the drawing, they think it's just a cliff. You know, yeah, yeah. they don't they don't realize the significance here. 
the plumeria flowers, things like that. So, yeah, but you can go by the hub and pick up some of uh, Katie's cards. You can go by Faith Bookstore, pick up some of her ornaments. A lot of good Christmas stuff out there. Neat opportunity to give away a little taste of Guam. Now, we have two or three minutes before the news. Let me just ask you guys uh, what you're doing this weekend. Lawrence, what are you up to this weekend? Well, tonight we have the concert. Uh, we also have um, our seniors that are over fundraising <clears throat> for their senior trip by gift wrapping at the mall over by Macy's and KB Toys, the the gentleman and child side Macy's, second floor. So uh, I'm actually on on-call duty tonight, so I'll, I'll go over there after the concert and just check and make sure uh, they're doing okay. Um, and then tomorrow I'm going to try to go do a little golfing uh, in the morning and then um, probably uh, relax a little bit more in the evening and uh, afternoon and evening. And, and we have a soccer game here in the we evening do. tomorrow. We do. Tomorrow at 4, 4.15. Against either Southern uh, or Sanchez. So, we're not Southern sure. Southern or Sanchez, one of the two. Uh, so looking forward to that game. Uh, hopefully that goes well. And obviously the guys have played really well during, really well during the season. Uh, they just need to continue it on through the playoffs yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So. Cool. Sebastian, what you have planned this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to the concert tonight too because I love orchestra and Christmas music. And then I went shopping this week. What food? How did you get there, dude? I know. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I just I kind of some staff workers are very kind and take. Me well, out. after you post pictures of yourself, your reflection of yourself at McDonald's, <laughs> because you walked to the one time you decide to venture out past your four walls, you walk down there, you get rained on, and you're you're sitting inside like. I'm so lonely right now. <laughs> so now you probably have a lot of people that are willing to give you a ride. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's just an artistic post, you know. But, I mean, um, I, you look I, forlorn, so, though. Uh, yeah, I know. But <laughs> I think what, what's going to happen is I'm going to try out some of these bachelor recipes. Nice. Nice. This Saturday. So we'll yes. give it a shot and see how it goes. Do a little crock pocking. Yeah, crock-potting. Crock-pot. Say that five times fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, cool. Well, uh, I, I look forward to seeing pictures <laughs> of your uh, bachelor cooking. Cooking with Sebastian, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> there are some nice ladies out there that really are looking for a guy that knows how to cook. I can't cook, though. So, <laughs> yeah, well, don't tell the whole world. Let's just oh, let, them let them wonder. Let them wonder, yeah. I mean, <laughs> It could be. It's all. It's potential. It's like potential energy versus kinetic energy. Chris, what are you guys doing this weekend? Uh, well, we have our watch care group, so oh, we're right. having the yeah. watch care group Sunday night. Over on Sunday night, and that same day, the Seattle Sounders will be in the MLS Cup versus Toronto FC. Nice. So sometimes Sunday is a good afternoon. Team. Come on, man. Oh, I'm just Sounders saying. Are I'm not doubting them. I'm just saying they're, it's going to be <laughs> yeah, a good yeah, contest. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. These are the two best teams. What time is that game so it's on? Fair. Uh, it's like at 11 su- Sunday morning, but I don't think kickoff is until 11.30, so I won't be seeing it till after mm. church, but, mm. you know. Be like, oh, You'll Chris keeps getting up to get a drink of water through the whole service. I wonder what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's checking the score. No, he wouldn't do that. So, no. great. Well, guys, thanks for uh, coming around. The next three weeks, I will be out, and Chris and Lawrence will be hosting the show, so uh, my voice, I might send in a little remote report from the frigid uh, Midwest, but uh, these guys will be covering for me while I'm gone. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. And uh, listeners, uh, stick around for a second hour of Live Till 5. We will be talking about Christmas things, especially some Guinness Book of World Record Christmas things, and the story, the origins, and the lore behind some uh, very popular Christmas tunes that you might be familiar with. You always wondered, what three ships are they talking about? We're going to talk about that in the second hour. You're listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News.
Hoffaday, and welcome to the second hour of Live Till 5. It's Friday, December 9th, 4.04 p.m. This is the 194th episode of Live Till 5, right here at KHMG Harvest Family Radio. We are enjoying a great show today. I love this Christmas music. Let's just listen to this for a moment. Listen to the words with comprehension for the first time yesterday. Really interesting little song. I always thought it was just kind of talking about, uh, you know, just kind of the the trimmings, the the decorations of Christmas. But really, it's connecting the the beauty of these plants that are oftentimes connected to Christmas decorations and drawing your attention, your thoughts back to Jesus Christ, who is the reason for the season. It's really quite a beautiful song, and we don't often sing about plants, but uh, it does draw your mind back to Jesus Christ. And uh, this rendition of the song is just beautiful with the guitars. I love Christmas music, and it is appropriate to be listening to it now on December Ninth, We have just a little over two weeks until Christmas. And we are enjoying broadcasting beautiful Christmas music to you here on Harvest Family Radio throughout the whole season all the way until New Year's. So make sure that you tune in every day when we don't have our normally scheduled preaching and news programming, things like that. We will have beautiful Christmas music throughout the season. We have some sacred Christmas music, some acoustic, some traditional some fun Christmas music, but uh, it's all beautiful and uh, very enjoyable during this season, like this song. Right here on Harvest Family Radio, it's Christmas time, Friday, December 9th, 4.07 p.m. here in the studio, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries. From the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 KHMG. You know, even if you don't have a radio, you can listen to us through your computer, through your tablet, like your iPad or tablet, your smartphone, phone with Wi-Fi or data plan. Just go to khmg.org. There are a number of different ways you can tune in online through that website. We give you a number of really self-explanatory little links you can click on there. You can also subscribe to our podcast that way and download and listen at your convenience. Uh, Just a lot of different ways. So go to khmg.org and you'll find not only Live Till 5 podcasts there, but you also find the podcasts of some of the other great programs that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio, including Building Great Leaders, Heart of Harvest, Living Redemptively. You can listen to all those podcasts on khmg.org. So I encourage you to go there and... uh, Interact with us. 
let us know you're listening. Go to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio. Just look for us on Facebook, <clears throat> and you can leave us a little note. And uh, we love to hear from our listeners. We can tell when a new person has just clicked on our page. Sometimes uh, it's really an encouragement to us to just see the numbers sometimes, the metrics. Uh, we can see that we have a few new likes. We have a few new people that have clicked on them, never clicked on before. People leave us comments about things they're listening to. They might just give us a little thumbs up. Something that uh, when we make a post to Facebook, they, they click like on it. And that just is really an encouragement to us. It's encouragement to us when you share our posts as well. When we upload an episode of Building Great Leaders and we put a link there on Facebook or Heart of Harvest or, or this show, uh, when you share it with someone else, that really spreads the word with others out there that uh, we exist and that we're trying to be a blessing, uh, not only just to our island community, but to the friends and family that are all around the world. And uh, periodically we get to hear back from people that are all around the world, and that's really encouraging to us. Now, speaking of someone that's been all around the world... He is no Chinchaco. He is Chris Harper, uh, station manager, all-around good guy, right here at Harvest Family Radio, and he will be the host. He's really the, uh, dare I say, the producer, executive producer, um, editor, um, lead gaffer. uh, The lead gaffer. Yes, he's the lead gaffer for this show. Uh, He pretty much uh, is in charge of all the staff that run this show. He is actually all the staff <laughs> that run this show. There is yeah. no staff besides himself, but he is in charge of himself, and he has many different roles. And this show is such a tiny, tiny part of his job. He does actually keep everything going here at Harvest Family Radio, and uh, he enjoys it. I know coming from uh, all the different places that he's worked in radio ministry before, it's really a, a fun thing to be here in Guam uh, around Christmas time, first time Chris visited was around this time of year two years ago, and now he's got his whole family here settled in, and uh, he's bringing us the news today. Chris, what's happening in the news? Well, the USS Oklahoma City is one of four Los Angeles-class attack submarines stationed in Guam, and now it's back. Celebrations with families and officers aboard commenced on Thursday as the vessel arrived after an eight-month absence. The submarine pulled into the naval base's Abra Harbor after an engineering overhaul in California. The overhaul apparently included nuclear maintenance, a shaft replacement, and a factory overhaul of its diesel generator. South Korean President Park Jen hye faces an impeachment vote on Friday that could see her become the country's first democratically elected leader removed from office. Parliament is expected to vote in favor of impeachment with support from some members of Park's conservative Senuri party, but the constitutional court must decide whether to uphold the motion, a process that could take up to 180 days. Park, 64, is accused of colluding with a friend and a former aide to pressure big businesses to donate to two foundations set up to back her policy initiatives. Both have been indicted by prosecutors. She has denied wrongdoing, but apologized for carelessness. Parliament introduced this impeachment bill on Thursday, and it must be voted on within 24 to 72 hours. And I just checked uh, before 
Um, I printed this news, whether the vote had taken place yet, and it has not yet. President-elect Donald Trump said on Thursday that the United States needed to improve its relationship with China, which he criticized for its economic policies and failure to rein in North Korea. Trump criticized China repeatedly during his presidential campaign and drew a diplomatic protest from Beijing last week after speaking by phone to President Tsai Ing-wen of Taiwan, which China considers a wayward province. It was the first such top-level contact with Taiwan by a U.S. president-elect or president since President Jimmy Carter adopted the One China policy back in 1979, recognizing only the Beijing government. Police in Connecticut are investigating the theft of dozens of wrapped Christmas gifts from a Watertown, Connecticut church. Police tell the Republican American of Waterbury that someone entered the locked First Congregational Church Monday afternoon and took about 36 items that had been collected for underprivileged children. The gifts included toys, clothes, diapers, among other things. Investigators say there were no signs of a forced entry into the church, and this past weekend was the deadline for gift collection, so the thief likely knew that all the items were there. That's a pretty low blow yeah. during Christmas time. Oh, man. So that's it. It's things from all around the world, yeah. including here on Guam today. Yeah. Now, uh, of course, you and I were commenting uh, before the show started that um, President-elect Trump is pretty much the lead story in every top-of-the-hour news broadcast, it seems yes. like. Yes. And uh, also on the front page of even our local newspaper almost every day. Right. Um, so I wonder if that will die down or if he is such a uh, larger than life. Um, he's not just a person. He's like an issue. He's a, he's a movement. Um, if that's ever going to die down or if it's just going to be wall to wall Trump, like if there's going to become a Trump news network, that's just going to feature everything and anything about what Trump does over the next four to eight years. Well, regardless of your opinion about Trump, he's one of the biggest political figures, um, one of the biggest political stories of the past, you'd have to say, maybe even 50 years. Right. And so I think it's going to be a while before it dies down, especially if he continues to do things that kind of uh, breaks with the status quo on both the right and the left. Because he's doing a little bit that angers, a lot that angers the left. And quite a bit that angers people who are traditional conservatives. And so he really breaks with both of those ends of the spectrum. So I think as he continues to do things like that, yeah, you're going to see um, controversy continue. Hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's more of a, it's a break with status quo. It's a, I mean, he's doing what he said he was going to do, you know. Shake yeah. things up. There's yeah. no, I mean, and do what he wants true. to do. I don't. Yeah. I don't sense that anyone else is pulling his strings. That he just no. is doing what he wants to do. I. I think it's. It's just in all uh, history will tell how ironic it is that Donald Trump, that his name literally means the card that overrides everything else. Like the Trump card is the card that is bigger and can take over and can become 
and and literally overrule anything. And he, that's our president. He's President Trump card. I mean, he really everything he's doing <laughs> not is yet. overruling the news, right? It, it, just in news, especially yeah, right not now. Not till January twentieth. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, some of his appointments are pretty interesting. Few of them are a little bit disappointing, but um, a lot of generals. Yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of um, high up four star right. generals. Now I believe that some of those, um, all those cabinet positions do have to be have yep. to go through, through the Senate, the Senate. Mm-hmm. and so uh, it's yep. not a slam dunk on all of those. Yeah, um, but the like Republicans General Mattis, I think has to be given a waiver because he's only been retired for three years, I believe. Needs to be retired for seven. Yeah. That was the, that, that was a, um, uh, I don't know, it's not a measure, it's a rule that was passed at, at some point. Um, because they want the our past. Pentagon run by a civilian leader, not by military leader. Or some, yeah, someone who's been far enough removed. Right, so they're to, not a war hawk necessarily or a hothead about something that happens Uh, you you know i think the issue is there might let's say that you're a you're a general and you want to invade czechoslovakia or whatever right i mean you know like famously as Patton did he wanted to go right into russia and invade russia after world war ii well uh, they they don't want that person to say okay well i'll obtain this position another way i'll become the secretary of defense right right, and all of a sudden now you've got this guy jockeying for another position where True. he can so i think i think that's more of the the issue than than anything else they want somebody far enough removed from whatever issues were pressing at the moment that they retired hmm. interesting so, very interesting you know. all right well chris hey thanks for sharing the news with us today sure and uh, have a great weekend you too all right now uh for you listeners just want to make one quick public service announcement uh actually two but they're both happening tonight one is the HCA Orchestra Christmas Concert, 7 p.m. in the Harvest Auditorium. It doesn't cost anything. Please come and enjoy some beautiful Christmas music this evening with the HCA Orchestras. They, it is going to be great. Some of the faculty and staff will also be participating. It'll be a wonderful time. Lawrence talked about it in the first hour, 7 p.m. There's no charge, but you do need to be here on time before 7. It will be a full house tonight. Also... Tonight and tomorrow night, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, theatrical presentation of the blockbuster movie and novel by C.S. Lewis, December 9th and 10th, that's tonight, Friday night, and Saturday night, the 10th, 6 to 8 p.m., admission is free at Bayview Baptist Church, over behind First Hawaiian Bank and Coast 360 and Mighty, the church's phone number, 472-8107, if you have any questions. But if you're going down the hill from the mobile McDonald's, uh, coming from Harvest, you're going to go down the hill on the right-hand side, you'll see a big kind of a, a teal-roofed, pagoda-style building, multi-story building. That is First Hawaiian Bank, Coast 360s, right before you get to that. There's a little road in between. You'll see a sign for Bayview Church. You go right back there, 6 to 8 p.m. Tonight, Friday night, the 9th, and tomorrow night, the 10th, Saturday. Admission is free. The Line, the Witch, and Wardrobe of Bayview. I know it's going to be a great production. Just trying to give you options for things to do with you and your friends and family during the Christmas season. It's an awesome opportunity for you to get out and enjoy things. I know there are some lights displays around at different places like St. Paul's and uh, the Catholic Church in Manilao. I know that there are um, there's Christmas Village display down in Aganya from the Friary and just a lot of different neat things that you can do. Uh, so I encourage you to get out and make memories this Christmas. Don't just sit in. Don't just keep yourself all, all shut in and alone. Uh, this is no time to be... Um, 
getting sad. We want to uh, make sure we're encouraging you to have a great Christmas time. Now, I'd like to take a short break. When we come back, Idioms from the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban, presented to us by PC, one of our favorite listeners. She's been with us since the very beginning, and she gave me that book a long time ago. We love talking about idioms. Also, Stranger Than Fiction, some stories that are happening in the news, some history behind some of your favorite Christmas carols, and some of Christmas's biggest Guinness Book of World's Record Christmas things. So stick around. This is Live Till 5, episode 194. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, here on KHMG Harvest Family Radio. We'll take a short break and be back with more after this. Welcome back to a little more Live Till 5. It's Friday afternoon, December 9th, 425 p.m. on this beautiful, beautiful Friday afternoon here on the campus of Harvest Ministries. A little cross-country going on today, a little soccer practice as well as the boys gear up for their first game in the postseason tomorrow, Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock here at Harvest. By the time uh, this show's over, their opponent should be determined, either Southern High School or Sanchez High School. You know, today I was talking to uh, Lawrence Nackengast and Chris Harper, and we were talking about fantasy football. And I was I was just struck with a memory. I hadn't, honestly, you know how you put something in the back of your brain and you don't think about it for years and years? And all of a sudden this memory just came forward. The original fantasy football when I was stationed in Misawa, Japan, I worked in a computer maintenance department. And this was back, for all you computer people, when we worked on IBM XT and AT computers. Then we upgraded all of them to 386s. And I think that this guy had a an IBM uh, Gateway 2000 um, with, uh, I think it was a 486, IBM 486 processor before the Pentium. And he had software, and we created, this is before the internet was being used by civilians, we had a fantasy football league in our shop. This guy went out and bought, probably from Babbage's or someplace, a software package for his computer that would run an entire fantasy football league on his computer. No internet. So there were no stats from the current season going on. This fantasy football league, the way it worked was you paid into it first. We had to help pay for the software and for his time. 
then what he would do is he would first off he took you had to fill out this whole like a worksheet basically he entered all the data in and then the computer would use logarithms and and formulas and it would spit out uh, the results every week based on selections you made so for example first we did a draft and we were just uh, randomly through the way we picked things uh, we we were drafting our players so like I had Bernie Kozar from the uh, Cleveland Browns as my starting quarterback and so uh, every week he would give us a worksheet and on that worksheet it had a list of every player that I had drafted. And I would have to select, first off, who was my starting lineup, like one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, whatever. Then I would have to determine which team's defense was my defense for the week based on who I drafted. Then I had to select uh, different options that he would enter into the computer. For example, on first down plays, Am I more likely to run or more likely to throw the ball? And there were all these questions. It was a long questionnaire, and we would fill it out. We had to give it to him by Friday. On Saturdays, he would spend hours uploading, manually typing in each one of our responses. Then he would hit um, play, and the computer would take our responses and compare them to the responses of whoever we were teamed up against that week. And it would come out with the statistical result, which led to whoever was whoever won that week's matchup. And that's how we played in this original fantasy football league. It was not connected to real stats from that week in the NFL. It had no internet connection. It was all manually input. There was no graphic interface. All you got to see as a result were the decisions being made, the actual um, numeric decisions. And then it would give you a score at the end of the week. And it was all based on your decision-making. It was very interesting. I just thought about that out of the blue today when we were talking about fantasy football. I'm like, uh, Lawrence asked me if I ever did fantasy football, which I did. But I was in a fantasy football league in 1993, maybe 1992, and uh, I think I had to pay $25 to be in the league. And um, that's how it worked. You filled out a worksheet every week. He would load it into the computer. Every Monday morning, he would have on the bulletin board everyone's results in detail. As if you're reading the stats of a real game uh, pinned to the bulletin board. And you'd know if you won or lost or not. Very interesting. I tried to look for the name of that software. I couldn't find it anywhere online. Uh, even in Wikipedia, when you look at... Um, what software, like most popular gaming software, it all goes back to like 1994. So I assume around 1994 must be when the when the um, Gateway 2000 type computer came out. Maybe the Pentium was released in 1994, 1995. So anyway, that's my uh, geek stuff for the week. Let's talk about idioms. We started doing this a number of maybe two years ago, talking about idioms with Nick Brown. But uh, I found that some people like talking about idioms especially people that did not grow up speaking English because we use a lot of these phrases and sometimes without context, you don't know what they mean. So, for example, if someone says, keep your nose to the grindstone, well, 
Erasmus, a Dutch scholar, used a similar saying in the 1500s. A grindstone is a revolving stone disc used for polishing or sharpening tools or grinding grain. To see what you've done while your work is done at the grindstone, you have to bend over it with your face close to the stone. The image of a person with his or her quote-unquote nose to the grindstone has come to mean working nonstop over a long period of time. So keep your nose to the grindstone. To force oneself to work hard all the time. To always keep busy. Keep your shirt on. In the mid-1800s, the saying came first in use. A man who was going to get into a fist fight with someone often took his shirt off. It wasn't easy to fight in a stiff, starched shirt. So if you took it off, it wouldn't get wrinkled, dirty, or bloody. So keep your shirt on means to remain cool. Don't get angry. Be patient. Kick the bucket. The expression was used in England as early as the 16th century. It came from the practice of hanging a criminal by having him stand on a bucket, putting a noose around his neck, and then kicking the bucket out from under him. So to kick the bucket means to die. You've heard of people saying the bucket list, for example. It means it's the list of things they want to get done before they kick the bucket. Kick up your heels. This is a way of describing a happy person having great fun dates. Uh, and and it, it dates back to the 19th century, early 20th century. The person who made it up probably was thinking of a lively uh, horse prancing on its hind legs or of a dancer lifting his or her legs as if jumping for joy. Celebrate, have a wonderful time. That means kick up your heels. Kill the goose that legs the golden eggs. There's a fable by Aesop about a farmer whose own goose, who owns a goose that lays one golden egg at a time. The greedy farmer becomes impatient with and kills the goose. So he can't get all the eggs from the goose at once. Of course, a dead goose can't lay any more eggs, as the foolish farmer soon finds out. In the 15th century England, the plot of the well-known story helped create the famous phrase, kill the goose that lays the golden egg, to spoil or destroy something good out of stupidity, greed, or impatience. And then finally, last idiom for today, kill two birds with one stone. There are similar expressions in Latin from about 2,000 years ago. Kill two birds with one stone became popular in English many centuries later. It comes from hunting birds by throwing stones at them or shooting stones at them with a slingshot. If you actually killed two birds with just one stone, a practically impossible feat, you'd be carrying out two tasks with just a single effort. It means to do things by one action to get two results with just one effort to kill two birds with one stone. Oftentimes, I feel like I'm killing one bird with two stones, but that... That means something totally different. But, uh, yeah, those are our idioms, which are always fun to talk about. Now, I'd like to take a short break, and when I come back, when we come back, we are going to talk about some Christmas biggests from the Guinness Book of World Record and some history to some of your favorite Christmas carols. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. With a little more live till 5 is 4.37 p.m. on this Friday, December 9th. Here at KHMG Harvest Family Radio, I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 194, believe it or not. Almost our 200th episode. I'll be out off island for the next three weeks, or three Fridays at least. 
not really gone for three weeks, but I'll miss three Friday shows. But Chris Harper and Lawrence Dangas have you covered. No problem. So fear not. It will be a great time. I'll be back with you in January and uh, looking forward to another great year of Live Till 5. Now, it is the Christmas season, hence the beautiful, wassailing bumper music right now. I'm also uh, enjoying the scented candles, Yankee candles, from The Hub. This is uh, All is Bright Yankee Candle, little one. Just kind of fits in the palm of your hand, the size of a large baby jar of food. But it's all as bright. It's just a fresh, clean, wintry scent. Only $8. Nice little gift for someone. Or you can get the big, oh boy, this thing's heavy. This thing's like five pounds. Huge jar candle. Yankee candle, 22-ounce jar. Peppermint bark. If you like that sweet smell of, like, Christmas baked goods. Mm, sorry, I just hit the, uh, I started talking into the candle and smelling the microphone again. Man, that keeps happening. Peppermint bark. $24. Don't be afraid of the sticker price. That candle will last you a very long time through the whole season plus. And uh, being here on Guam, it's nice to have a few extra candles around the house, too, because when the power goes out, not only will you be able to illuminate your house, but it will smell like peppermint bark, and uh, it's totally worth it. So stop by The Hub for your Christmas shopping. They have candles. They have some seasonal drinks. They have a lot of cool little gift items, some books, some CDs, Christmas CDs even. Stop by Monday, 7.30 at 4 p.m. Now, some of Christmas's biggest, Christmas's biggest, different Guinness World Record holders for Christmas-themed things. The most Christmas trees chopped in two minutes. Now, if I was to say this to you, just stereotypically, you would probably be thinking of a big burly mountain man of a lumberjack. But it's not true. It's actually a petite lady cut down. Aaron Lavole from USA cut down 27 Christmas trees in two minutes with just an axe. That's That's got to be maybe two chops per tree. That's the new Guinness World Record for most trees chopped in two minutes. 27 by Aaron Lavole. Not the person I would have pictured in that. Here's the oldest Christmas tree every year. Janet Parker of Chippenham, Wilshire, UK, puts up her Christmas tree, which uh, was purchased possibly from Woolworths for her great aunt in 1886, standing only 12 inches high in an ornate pot. It gets decorated with cherubs and the Virgin Mary every year. And it shows her actually holding it, the oldest Christmas tree, according to Guinness. Best-selling Christmas single, White Christmas by Bing Crosby, has sold over 100 million records around the world since its release in 1942. Though that figure includes album sales, it is the best-selling single of all times, with sales estimated to be more than 50 million copies worldwide. White Christmas. How about this one? You know, we need a little Christmas music in the background. I might just play a little uh, little Christmas theme here in the background. Now, that one's a little too... Uh, how about, let's see here. How about, uh, let's have this one. This is the sound of Christmas. Yeah, there you go. This is more Guinness sounding. Fastest marathon dressed as Santa Claus. Uh, fastest marathon marathoner dressed as Santa Claus. Two hours and 55 minutes and 50 seconds. 
achieved by Paul Simons in the USK, US, UK in the Flora London Marathon, London, UK, 26 April 2009. The UK has a lot of Guinness World Records, by the way. Largest Secret Santa game. Large Secret Santa game involved 1,270 participants in an event organized by Boots UK Limited at their head office in Nottingham, UK, 18 December 2006. Largest Christmas star ornament. The largest Christmas star ornament measures 103 feet and 8 inches tall, achieved by Apple a Day Properties in India, unveiled at Kochi, Kerala, Indian, 31 December 2009. That thing is huge. Largest advent calendar. The largest advent calendar is 232 feet 11 inches high, 75 feet 5 inches wide. Built at St. Pancras Station in London, UK. Commemorate the, sta- the station's refurbishment in December 2007. It is a huge advent calendar. Largest Christmas stocking. Largest Christmas stocking measured 106 feet 9 inches, 49 feet wide, 106 feet long, heel to toe. Made by the Children's Society in UK, London, uh, London, UK, in 2007. Boy, UK has all these records. Most lights on a Christmas tree. Record for most lights lit simultaneously on a Christmas tree. 150,000 for the RTL Chantry 2006. For RTL Television in GmbH, Germany. 22 December 2006 in Cologne Cathedral. Cologne, Germany. Largest floating Christmas tree. I didn't even know there was such a thing, but now I'm excited about it. Largest floating Christmas tree. Measures 278 feet, 10 inches high. Erected as an annual tradition in the Rodrigo de Freitas Lagoon in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. For Christmas 2007. Pretty amazing. And uh, world's most expensive Christmas tree on display. This was a couple years ago. But it's worth 1 million pounds. Decorated 240 different jewels. It's a dazzling 24-karat gold tree in a gorgeous atmosphere. Not my words, theirs. Has baubles, strings of pearls that weigh more than 21 kilograms, worth 1 million pounds or 150 million yen. It went on display in the Genza Tanaka Jewelry Shop in Osaka, Japan. And even though uh, the... The economy was sluggish when this was made. They felt it was still worth it. Here's a couple more. Two more. Then we'll move on. Let's see here. How about this one? Most expensively decorated Christmas tree. Decked Christmas tree was erected 7 December 2002 in the uh, Sumachi Misui Club, Minato-ku, Tokyo, Japan. Uh, it was decorated with 83 pieces of jewelry, which had a total value of 1,357,785,000. I'm sorry, 1,357,795,000 Japanese yen or 16 million US dollars. That's pretty amazing. And then finally, I saw this one pop up today. 1.2 million LED lights on 75 miles of cables on display at the Petrie Plaza Mall in Canberra, Australia. And that is the record-breaking Christmas light display. 1.2 million LED lights, 75 miles of of wire 
and that's just on display at a mall in Canberra, Australia. That is the largest Christmas light display in the world, as far as I'm aware. I, as far as I could find, I was looking for the largest display in the world, and that seems to be the largest display. Now, you ever wonder, speaking of uh, Christmas displays, you ever wonder why sometimes you will see with a nativity scene, you know, with Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men and the animals and the, the creche and everything, sometimes in a public display, you will also see Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer somewhere in the display, like off to the side or something like that. Well, there's an explanation for that. You know, the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion. Uh, But, you know, not everyone celebrates Christmas. Not everyone's a Christian or someone that uh, believes that Christmas should be celebrated in a Christian way. So there was a case, Lynch, Lynch versus Donnelly, 1984, and the court established a precedent that became known as the quote-unquote reindeer rule, a legal standing that has governed public displays at holiday, of holiday cheer ever since, ever since 1984. The case hinged on a Rhode Island display that was owned by the city of Pawtucket, but it was located in a park owned by a nonprofit organization. The annual display, which dated back 40 years, included a nativity scene, also known as the creche, in addition to other Christmas time symbols like reindeer pulling Santa's sleigh, Christmas tree, and season's greetings banner. The justice ruled in favor of the nativity scene, arguing that there was a secular argument to be made about including the religious reference. And basically, they could have the nativity scene as long as they also had other non-religious Christmas symbology included in the display. And many displays are like that. Now, although... As I read the article a little more, there are a lot of challenges to this. A lot of cities are having to move away from this. How about Christmas trees? You ever wonder where the whole tradition of Christmas trees came from? Well, to the according to this article I read on, uh, let's see here, Top Marks Online LED, LTD, article about Christmas trees. To the ancient Egyptians, Chinese, and Hebrews, evergreen trees, wreaths, and garlands were symbols of everlasting life. In Europe, tree worship was also common, and people from Norway and Sweden used to decorate their houses with evergreen plants at New Year's to scare away the devil. According to this article, when Europeans became Christians, they still kept the evergreen traditions as part of their Christmas festival. The custom of having a Christmas tree in the home came from Germany. In medieval times, German people had a paradise tree. This was a fir tree hung with apples. Remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? These trees were set up on December 24th, and candles were often added to represent Jesus Christ. In 1800, Queen Charlotte, the German-born wife of George III, as far as we know, had the first Christmas tree in Britain and at a Christmas Day party at Windsor. Members of the royal family had Christmas trees long before ordinary people, Prince Victoria, Princess Victoria had one in Kensington Palace in 1832. The person responsible for Christmas trees becoming popular in Britain and subsequently the United States was German Prince Albert, who was Queen Victoria's husband. In 1848, he allowed the Illustrated London News to print a picture of the royal family gathered around their their Christmas tree. After that, everyone wanted one. Victorian trees were decorated with candles, fancy cakes, and sweets. And uh, it's a very popular picture. You can look it up. Queen Victoria and Prince Albert's Christmas tree. I can't imagine having candles on a tree 
you would not want to have the tree in your house for very long because they do get so dry. And when a Christmas tree catches fire, it burns so hot. I can see how that would be dangerous. But that is behind, kind of the story behind Christmas trees and their popularity. You wonder what uh, Christmas color combinations are popular this Christmas? Well, here are seven Christmas color schemes, according to Decorator's Wisdom by DIY Decorating Ideas website. Silver, blue, and white. That's one common decorating theme. Or red, green, and gold. Maybe you're red, green, and gold. Deep red, pine green, and gold. Red, green, and white. Burgundy green and gold. Pink, green, and white. I'm having a hard time picturing that, but uh, it's on the internet, so it must be true. Red, white, and gold. Or how about this one? Riotous multicolors. We actually have uh, multicolored lights here on campus. Maybe we are trendsetters. And finally, from Mental Floss, we'll take a short break, come back, and talk about the history of some of our favorite Christmas carols, some of those obscure ones. Do you know that uh, when they build these huge Christmas window displays, like in New York City or different places, that um, they always do it with a purpose? According to Mental Floss, they have all these different things that you don't realize. First off, uh, every holiday window has a purpose. You won't usually see a Christmas tree in a window because it's dangerous. Uh, they can catch fire very easily, and there are a lot of lighting uh, elements in there. You won't see a lot of products in there. Uh, you'll see a lot of lights. It draws people to the window. They plan way ahead. They work all night long to get these uh, these light, these light uh, window displays up. Um, some of the best windows take weeks to actually get installed. They'll block them off, and they'll work in there for weeks at a time. To make it look perfect, the artists touch literally every little thing to make it just perfect. When the season's over, most of those window displays go in the garbage. Did you know that? And it's not just Christmas, but uh, there are many seasons for retailers where they want to decorate their windows and their window displays. And uh, basically, if you want to do what they do, it's going to cost you a lot of money, according to Mental Floss Magazine. So now, let's just take a little short break. When we come back, kind of the final talk about at least one or two Christmas carols that you've probably heard the tune, but you probably don't know where the storyline comes from. So more Live Till 5 after this. Welcome back to Live Till 5, our last six minutes of the show. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, December 9th, if you're listening live. If you ever miss the show, we rebroadcast in its entirety, noon to 2 on Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights. Catch us on The Rebound or go to khmg.org and listen to the podcasts. Not only the podcast of this show, but many other great shows that we produce here locally, Building Great Leaders, Heart of Harvest, Living Redemptively, etc., great way to listen is online through khmg.org. Let us know you're listening. Go to Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Give us a like, leave us a comment, share us with your friends. Now, one of the most confusing Christmas songs might be I Saw Three Ships. You've ever heard that song? 
I think the best rendition is like the Vienna Boys Choir sings it. You know, I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day. Well, I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in the morning. And what was in those ships, all three? Our Savior Christ and His Lady. And where they sailed, those ships, all three, they all they sailed to Bethlehem. And it kind of goes on, uh, let's see, and all the bells on earth shall ring, and all the angels in heaven shall sing, and all the souls on earth shall sing, and let us all rejoice again on Christmas Day in the morning. Well, if you've ever looked at a map, Bethlehem is nowhere close to the water. And it just, you know, it's it's kind of a confusing storyline. So according to this uh, website, I found it, that it talks about all the different obscure Christmas carol history. The tune of this carol is a traditional English folk song, and the words of the carol, of which there are several versions, were written by wandering minstrels as they traveled through the country. In the original version of the carol, the three ships were ones taking the supposed skulls of the wise men to Cologne Cathedral in Germany. However, since the Middle Ages, when it was first written, there have been many different lyrics with different Bible characters being the ships. The most common lyrics used today are about Mary and Jesus uh, traveling to Bethlehem, um, and so, if you think about Mary, Mary and Jesus, obviously Mary was pregnant with Jesus, but I don't understand that song. It's a beautiful tune, but it doesn't actually have any uh, significant meaning. It's just a beautiful traditional tune. Silent Night, of course. Uh, there's a lot of different legends basically about Silent Night, that it was really meant to be written for a children's choir and things like that, but... Uh, the record does not, there's no actual record that indicate that there was actually a children's choir involved or that the organ was broken. You know, the whole story is that the organ was broken, so a children's choir sang the tune for them. It's not actually any historical facts to back it up. It's a nice story. The 12 days of Christmas, have you ever heard someone say that the 12 days of Christmas was a way for Catholics to talk, to uh, remember their different Catholic theology but stay under the radar? Well, there's actually no historical record of that, no evidence that that's true, and it just seems likely that it was just a folk song, as a matter of fact. And um, the the 12 days of Christmas, someone added it all up. If you actually received each of the gifts of the 12 day of Christmas, 12 days of Christmas, you would have 364 gifts by the 12th day. If they kept repeating each gift every day all the way up to the 12th day, you would have 364 separate gifts, which would be a very expensive 12 days of Christmas. But finally, I would encourage you to go online and look up, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. It was a poem written by uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and the poem is just beautiful. His son had been injured during the Civil War, And during a time of national upheaval, his wife, he was still grieving the death of his wife from two years prior. And on Christmas Day, his son is still battling the wounds he received at the Battle of New Hope Church from a Confederate bullet. And uh, Longfellow was really struggling with how in the world could the angels say peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And then he writes this poem, and it is so beautiful and so moving. I would encourage you to look up I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day and read the story. Matter of fact, there's a really good YouTube clip that if you look up I Heard the Bells, Civil War, 
and it's all about the Civil War setting behind the writing of that song. And I think you will find that uh, very encouraging, very edifying during this Christmas season. And that's Live Till 5 for us today. It's 3, 4.59 p.m. on Friday the 9th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. It's been a great two hours. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to drop us a line through Harvest Family Radio on Facebook or go to khmg.org, download our podcast, listen noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights. Merry Christmas. If I don't get a chance to wish it to you again, I'll be out of the studio for the next couple weeks, but Chris Harper, Lawrence Nangas, Sebastian will all be covering the show, and it'll be great. So have a Merry Christmas from Harvest Family Radio. You're listening to us here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Have a great weekend.